In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glover's Cast. New season, new era, but familiar story for Yeovil Town as the Glovers shot themselves in the foot to fall to a 1-0 loss at Hemel Hempstead yesterday. Uh, I'm Ian and here to dissect the opening day defeat is David Coates. The winter of discontent is still here. <laughs> on the page, on the page. <laughs> well done, Dave. And... Ben Barrett. Hello. All right, mate. Hiya. You were a bit chipper than me and Dave. You can tell the man who wasn't there. Barely <laughs> <laughs> go to the football. Yeah. Um, we looked all right lads, on the highlights. <laughs> lads, I've got the script in front of me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, didn't, didn't, n- none of it happened. Yeah. Ben's just holding up like a pile of torn up paper now. <laughs> <laughs> so. I've got, I, I got Reese Murphy hat trick. No, yeah. I got Will Bue save pen. <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Ian, I've got you finding a fiver on the bottom of the, of the floor of the press box. No, no. no? no I mean, you'd, have been, press you'd, box. you'd have been livid. Well, uh, yeah, I can I can imagine that's probably the, the, the case this whole season. <laughs> Dave, I've got you very nearly running out of fuel just south of Manchester. Did you push it close? Well, uh, it wasn't just south of Manchester, but there was the, 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 the light was definitely on when I pulled onto uh, my car park outside my flat. Yeah. OK, so OK, yeah. so maybe, like, maybe that was that's the closest of your predictions, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't win the lottery either. Oh, so yeah. didn't really. Nobody read the script for Saturday. No, but I mean, I think there probably was an alternative script where plucky experienced side from the level downs the big club who think they're going to get their own way when they go to places. Well, <laughs> yes, quite. Which, that script was well, was well and truly performed to the letter, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was. Thank Dave, what did you think of uh, the facilities at the Focus Community Arena? Yeah, it was very, it was very nice. Yeah. I, 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 th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it's a bit wet, but I mean, you can't really blame them for that, can you? But um, but no, they had a, a very nice uh, social facility. So it was a there was a it's kind of it looked like a tent because it had like uh, I think it had like a false ceiling on it of um, fabric of some kind hanging off of the ceiling. But it was actually a a structure, but very nice. Yeah, very nice facilities in there. And then quite a smart um, terrace as well, I thought. Uh, the bit that, that the away fans were housed on. And I have to say their scoreboard looked very nice. I think I prefer. Did. Yeah. Better scoreboard well, than our scoreboard. I don't know if you could tell, but their scoreboard was like a studio. Yeah, oh, I saw Dan, who we'd spoken to yeah. in in it. Yeah, and they he said something about it being the media center, and I thought, well, that's just a scoreboard, but you could yeah. see a little window there. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's their little studio, and yeah, Dan, big thanks to Dan because he, when we turned up, a steward pointed pointed me in one direction to 
where I needed to go. And then I bumped into Dan and he was like, you're going totally the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell they'd, they'd pulled in some uh, freelancers for the, for the match, given how many people traveled. Um, I think we're still waiting confirmation on if yeah. they counted how many Yeovil Town supporters were there, but you know, 1200 fans, I think Hemel's record last season was about 1300. Um, right. So yeah. And that was for a game against St. Albans, which is sort of down the road, a big yeah, derby. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good good turnout from Yeovil supporters. Packed that end and the seats. And yeah, just a shame, wasn't it, that the game didn't particularly go the way we thought it might. It was a shame. I mean, I'd say 800. I reckon there's got to be at least 800 people there, mm. I reckon, from, yeah. uh, from, from the Oval end. But no, we have asked Dan, and he has asked the club secretary, but haven't, haven't got a count yet. Okay. So then the football happened. Then the football happened. Let's let's do things relatively chronologically. Team news, no great shocks. We knew the players that weren't going to be involved and of those that were left. I think we kind of earmarked that 11 in that kind of formation early on. Anybody surprised at the, the names on the page that we got given at around about two o'clock? No, that was my predicted line yeah. upon the way up. I thought, I mean, I think, because we saw Reese Murphy at Dorchester on a plastic pitch, I thought chances were we'd see him as well and didn't seem to struggle, I didn't think, in terms of moving about on it. But yeah, no great shocks. Good. Dave, happy with the lineup? Nothing really you would have changed? Looking no, nothing that would have changed at all. No, no. I think that is probably, um, with the exception of Josh Daunton in there, I'd say that's our strongest eleven. Uh, based on based on what we've seen in preseason. <laughs> now I'm not so sure. But, <laughs> but yeah. Tell us about the first half then, gents. Um, Ian, you were watching with your professional cap on. Dave, you were watching with your hooligan cap on. Um very unprofessional. I didn't even have a cap that was that unprofessional. <laughs> um we made chances, right? It sounded like we were we had some control at times. We were knocking on the door. We had the ball in the back of the net at some point or another. We were okay, just without maybe a bit of killing color edge, cutting edge. Killing color edge, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Go on in. You were the professional. You give your uh, opinion. We, I'd say we had like half chances. There okay. were there were moments where we created openings. Uh, like Reese Murphy had a couple of snapshots, which I think you'd probably want him to do better. Um, but given the, I don't know, given the the circumstance and the situation, just didn't come off. Thought we had most of those chances came from set pieces or like the like clearance, the resulting the second ball from the set piece. So it bounced around the edge of the box. Um, I thought their keeper was very impressive, especially in the first half. He didn't have a lot to do in the second half, but in the first half did everything he had to do, stop shots, caught crosses and had a, had a really good performance. But I just felt that I don't think Frank Newble won very much in the air. There was a lot of long balls up to him that he didn't win. And it was that <laughs> it was that story of bypassing the midfield. The way Hemel set up, they had sort of four centre midfielders, a bit diamondy, and we just couldn't play through the middle and had to go around the outside and they defended us pretty well. Yeah. I agree with what you said about the goalkeeper. I did think he had quite an easy day 
mm. all, all, all through. No, I don't think anybody really you know, challenged him or no one put him in the yeah. back of his own net, did they, to... No. Uh, um, which you which you would have thought that's kind of something that somebody like Frank Newble, at least looking at the size of the man, would be would be one to do. Not that I'd particularly blame him for for anything. I think it was a combination of of things. Mm. Even the, on those corners, though, like there was, there seemed to be the 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 tactic was Charlie Cooper was looping him over to the back post to Jordan Maguire Drew to put him back in, yeah. but it was always that. There was never, it didn't really seem to change up. And the amount of times the keeper just came and claimed without anyone yeah. really near him. No. It was just, it. yeah. And, you and you're not going to... give that one or two times, can't you? But yeah. then you think, I, I mean, someone sat not far from me, did shout, or stood not far from me, I should say, did shout, put him in the back of the kin there. So. <laughs> and we got some big players to do that yeah, as well. We like Jamie Sendles white is a big Unit, Morgan yeah, yeah. Williams and Jake Wannell as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. some tall players in that team who could yeah. quite easily put someone in the back of the net. Yeah, yeah. And the, the other thing I thought was uh, was Maguire drew in the first half. I didn't think we got him on the ball enough, mm. but every time he was on the ball, you could see why you wanted him to be on the ball more. Yeah. Because every time he got it, he looked like he was going to do something with it. But I don't know whether it was we just weren't finding him or, or he wasn't doing something to to make himself available but um yeah he, he was obviously the one who, who did have the ball in the back of the net and i have no clue whether those offsides there were a couple of offsides weren't there but whether they were or they weren't from where well, i was stood it was impossible to even tell but i couldn't even see the linesman from where right. i was sat um, yeah. <laughs> all the corner flags on right. the side we were on yeah. so we had no idea if it was a throw-in or corner or if they just wandered off and had enough. Like it was, it was that sort of view. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the same on JMD is it just when he gets the ball, he knows exactly, and I think everyone else knows exactly where to be. Like it felt like there was times when he picked it up and Whittle was on the left and Zach Bell was on the right, and they were all in the right positions to make stuff happen, but it just didn't happen regularly enough. And I think the fact, I think. Worthy and Cooper were crowded out in that midfield space, really. We didn't see a lot of Matt Worthington on the ball at all. When when we do have the ball in the back of the net from JMD, am I right in thinking we're only 10, 12 minutes in around that point? It's not it's not long into the game, is it? No, it was like a, it, yeah, it was early. I kind of wanted that to be, I was listening, I wanted that to be a bit of a a spark of right, we 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 can do it. We've been luck- unlucky there. I kind of wanted that to be the kick up the backside for a really strong ten minutes. Mm. Did that ten minutes come? Did we really sort of knock the door down for that 10, 20 minutes after after the uh, the non goal? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> there was no. there was some there, there was a few, spell, yeah. wasn't there, where we had a few corners one yeah. after the other. We certainly did put them under pressure, but I don't that it was sort of arm's length mm. pressure. There was never a point where you thought we're in here. This is this is the chance. It was all you know, pot shots from on the edge of the box, mm. or Murphy cutting inside on his left foot and curling one wide. I think in the second half, Frank Nubel has a header that it was more sort of trying to crook his neck around it to make something happen, but. It, after that goal, it was just quite a bitty game, wasn't it? I think the way Hemel played just disrupted the flow, which worked. Yeah, and and from and from from the off, they were wasting time, 
which um, we, you could tell by the amount of time that was added on, which is now a thing apparently, which I hadn't realised at the time. But when there was six minutes of injury time added on, I was like six minutes, and then but yeah, then you could absolutely see why there were, and obviously uh, as we now know, our match official son of Kettle, <laughs> as he is known. Friend um, of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, yeah. Friend of the friend yeah, of the podcast. He, yeah, he, he, he can be our friend, but I'm not sure I want that one to be our friend. But yeah, he was, uh, like, I was going to say he's card happy, but having watched the Charity Shield today, <laughs> so I think that's just the way it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like everyone's getting... Uh, everyone's getting booked and i um i was uh, where i was stood on the terrace i had uh reese rosser uh director stood uh just in front of me and he was uh every time something happened he was telling me about what he'd heard on a phone call he was on about the um what the what, what the match officials have been told they've been told to get a bit lively with yellow cards he said <laughs> been told to crack down on time wasting they've been told to yeah so this sounds like it's going to be a thing yeah, there's going to be so many yellow cards for kicking the ball away. I said, I said on on the way back with current Glover's Cast quiz champion Rob Manley. Um, <laughs> I said Woking are going to be playing all weekend based on this new rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. New IFAB directives mean that they will play significantly more added on time at the end, even for like goal celebrations. Yeah. Um, if a player celebrates, then thirty seconds will be added on, and so on, and so on, and so on, and all the rest of it. So yeah, get get used to basically train for a hundred minute matches because that's exactly that anything to go by. Goal celebrations won't be a problem for us. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> hey Ed. Um, defensively, then first half. Obviously, it's nil nil at the break. Were we bothered by anybody or anything at all at any point in the first half? They had a couple, didn't they? They had a couple of like sort of speculative shots from yeah. the edge of the box, I think. But I, I, I honestly don't think even I know we'll get to the second half when they were they were far more on top. I don't think they were going to score until what happened happened. Hmm. But I, I, I never thought. Oh God, they, there wasn't ever one where Will Dawes, Will Dawes, Will Buse. He's the backup goalie, by the he's way. A backup goalie. goalie, yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, was uh, particularly there was. The guy who scored got through, didn't he? And he had to like sort of like spread himself um, and did it. But he never had to do a huge amount, I didn't think. I no, their efforts were long ranges, weren't yeah. they? Which sort of had him scrambling a bit, but were over the bar. Um, yeah, it wasn't until the second half where you thought, oh, they're breaking quickly. But I, yeah. I thought defensively, I thought we looked really strong. I think there was a couple of moments where Zach Bell, it was after Zach Bell got booked. For, did he kick the ball away and got a yellow card? I can't remember. After that, he said something to someone. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, mm. yeah. After he got booked, and then Jamie Sendles White got booked after he sort of tripped over on the surface yeah. and then scooped the ball up. The ball. Um, it was kind of that side of the defence was a little bit shaky, but they soon recovered. But I mean, I thought I, I don't know if we'll get onto him in a bit more detail, but I thought Jake Wannell was mm. outstanding for us. One every header aggressive on the front foot on the tackle and getting the ball off of his uh, opponent I thought he had a really really good good game for us R- really good on the ball as well yeah and on a few occasions he he, he brought it out of defense didn't he and uh yeah, yeah like, like rio ferdinand-esque he was so <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
not sure if he'll be pleased with that comparison, but uh, yeah, I was, the, the, only ball, be, <laughs> the only ball playing centre half I could think of. I was going to say Bobby Moore, but then that, that would make me sound even older. Wouldn't looks it? a bit more like Bobby Moore than Rio Ferdinand, <laughs> I'd say. I don't think Bobby Moore has his teeth white in quite the same way that Jake Wannell does. But... <laughs> they are some pearly whites, they are. Oh my, yeah. I hope on the I hope in the home program on Saturday when it's got all the player sponsors, he is sponsored just by Sensodyne or something. <laughs> they are gleaming. <laughs> Love it. Don. Wonder what Don, Don, Don makes of it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, yeah, let's know. get in there, Don. Keith rankings, please, Don. Um, <laughs> um Dave has just absolutely bottled trying to say the name Ian Chofno. Ian, you had to say it for a, a living on Saturday afternoon. How did you find trying to get Ian Chofno out every time? Every well, year? it's a Chofino. A Chofino. Yeah. Well, the Hemel guy was saying Ian Chofno. I thought he said a Chofino when I listened to it. Oh. Yeah, he said it, yeah. I thought it was a Chofino. Yeah. There you go. Uh, oh. So I think I did okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Based Better on your me, question. Apparently. There you go. I've been practicing all the way home from work because I knew I had to ask you about him. So <laughs> yeah, 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 fine. He he was he was a proper like nuisance striker. It was like Paddy Madden chasing down and just bothering and yeah. Yeah, scallywag. It was everything we were promised Jake Scrimshaw would be. <laughs> <laughs> Except for he scored a goal. <laughs> Similar hairline. Yeah, similar hairline. <laughs> Brutal. Um, <laughs> should we move on to the second half? Because um, it's fair to say that Hemel had a, a stronger second half than they did first half. Um, what changed? Did they change anything immediately out of the break? Did they make any tactical switches? Yeah. No, but they were shooting downhill. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's <laughs> hang on there. Let's pause for the second half and let's talk about the pitch. Where do we think this ranks in terms of the 3G pitches? Is it a good 3G? Is it a bad 3G? Is it no a idea. 3G? I think Dorchester. I think Dorchester's was better. Okay, why? What differentiates the two? Uh, Dorchester's just it just looked better. It seemed. It, I think it was bigger, more it's aesthetically pleasing. From, yeah, maybe it's a darker green. Darker green mm. was good. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just think Dorchester has looked a lot flatter than this one did. I mean, Dave. I think Dave probably had a better view of sort of the whole width yeah. of the pitch and how it looked. But so I think... it, it might have just been the angle I was at. But I was stood on the terrace, obviously behind the goal, and it looked like it had waves on it. It looked like it looked lumpy from yeah. from the angle I was looking at, and and you could almost see that there were occasions where the ball would run. And I think at the beginning when it because obviously been raining all the way, basically up until kickoff, the ball moved a hell of a lot quicker. I thought to start and then come the second half, it was, it was slowing down presumably because it was well. Yeah. Yeah. But you could see there were points where the ball just sort of like rapidly moved and then it would stop regardless of whether it was wet or dry. And it was almost like it was <laughs> like a wavy pitch. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think my only sort of comparison for um, 3G pitches would be, I think it's all Bromley's last season. And that to my unwitting eye looked like, looked like grass, Bromley, but you could see the little, <laughs> the little bowl, little bits of plastic Rubber bouncing crumb. off the pitch on this yeah. one. So it clearly wasn't. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to know what, you know, what one of the players who played against Dorchester and played against Hemel, you know, their view on the difference and how it was. But yeah, and it definitely, it felt 
the way I don't know if it was just the momentum of the game and how it felt, but Hemel were sort of drawing us on and then flying down. And it was going, they were just getting forward so quickly and break catching us on the break. Um, that it just it felt like it was downhill. It just felt like we were defending, you know, defending uphill. And it was just, just I mean, we we dealt with the crosses and dealt with most of it. But yeah, and I don't know if you could tell from the away end, Dave, but the home end, the this is why I think it's downhill. The home end, the people were sort of like leaning. They'd lean on the advertising board. All right. Okay. So it's not like they're, you know, yeah. it's not like it's up to their waist, it's up to their chest, and they're leaning on it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's it's a weird sort of. I looked over there and I thought, oh, why, why are they all crouched down? <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah. really tall there. Yeah. There's some short fellas down there. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I couldn't tell that from where we are. So, looking at the match report, Will Buse makes a good save from Iachofno. Um, it's off and and it's been practicing this all afternoon, and now you're gonna correct him every time. It's like when I go to the Italian and try to order the pizza in the language that it is, and they correct us as we go around the table. But there's no after the F, it's just Arno, Iachofno. Anyway, Joe, um, (laughs) how did we try and kickstart things? How did we try and get going? Because they have a bit of a spell. They get to an hour mark. They make a change. They've had a couple of chances. I see that we bring Sonny Blue Low Everton on, and that's a change of formation because it's Sendles White, who is sort of um, sacrificed at that point. What, what what did that do to the dynamic? Was that before the goal? Yes, that was 60-something minutes in. 70. Dave, Dave, what do you think? Uh, well, I think it, they brought him on to play in a more forward role, didn't they, Sonny? And then... Yeah. and. Um, uh, JMD sort of dropped, uh, moved over onto the right side, didn't he? Yeah. But so it was obviously a let's just put all our attacking players on the pitch and hope somebody does something. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it was probably a bit more tactical. Well, may, maybe a bit more tactical, but, but it, it kind of it kind of got to that stage when Ollie Thomas and Jordan Young and uh, yeah, everyone, everyone else came yeah. on as well. I thought, yeah. But I don't think I think it. I don't think it made us any better. No, it didn't. No, I think it disrupted, disrupted us a little bit, which was odd because in pre-season we did it and mm. we played really well against Newport when we changed to a four. Um, it just didn't, I don't, for whatever reason, it just didn't seem to work. I don't know if it's just because the way Hemel was set up and knew exactly what they were doing. One thing that was interesting, the way Hemel, so Hemel had Montel McKenzie and Josh Williams, who McKenzie's a right back, Williams is a left back but they were on opposite sides for this game. So Mackenzie was left back and um, yeah, Williams was right back. So it was like they had opposite footed players in the fullback positions. There was a couple of little sort of things that were a little bit unexpected, which Dan had said, he said, I can give you the players, but how they're going to, how they're going to appear. I don't really know. <laughs> and it was a bit, you know, that Darren Sal four in midfield. Um, it was pretty steady, but we just didn't, I don't know. The change didn't work. The change we didn't we weren't able to break them down, and then disaster struck. Really, well, I'll say this: that that four in midfield. If you're lining up against wing backs, you play that diamond. Yeah, that's. I mean, we we will have to expect that a lot. I think this season, yeah. people will see wing backs and just pack the middle. 
allow us the width and then try and sort of chase us wide, but overcrowd the middle. That's just, that's how you play against wingbacks. And if your wingbacks are better than their middle, it's fine. But if their middle's better than your wingbacks at that time in effectiveness, they get ahead. It's, it's how, that's how it, that's how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so yeah, disaster then struck. What time are we on? We are on 76, 77 minutes, 78 minutes. Yeah, it was around 77th, I think, wasn't it? Ball is harmlessly in the Hemel right back area. Launched forward. Zach Bell drops a back pass a bit short. Buse kicks it. It hits Joe and trickles in <laughs> off Joe into the back of the net. Ian, what did you make of it? There's a catalogue of errors. A catalogue of errors. <laughs> yeah. That, so Buse has stepped to the right of his goal. Yep. He wants, you know, making it quite clear he wants that ball on his right foot so he can just go along with it. And yep. Bell's pass is short, bouncing to the left. So Buse then has to run across the face of his goal. I think he kicks it with his left foot, doesn't he? He has probably not his favourite foot. But instead of just booting it out of play, he sort of tries to... I don't know if he's trying to be cute or he's just uncomfortable and it's just an awkward, awkward kick. But yeah, Chofano chases it down really well as he was doing all game, hunting and harassing and paid off for him. That Dave, was my view. Dave, what was yours? What was the reaction in the end? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was a bit like that. Um, again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as well as we could see it, I mean, I, I couldn't really see how poor a back pass it was from Zach Bell um, from the angle that I was stood at. Um, I think I was actually talking to Will Ranner at the time it was going on. <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of just looked round and then, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it particularly having seen it on the replay, it's easy to say in hindsight, isn't it? But Will Boo should just do whatever he is comfortable with doing, um, whether that is just to simply pass it out, pass it out for a, for a, um, uh, a throw in, uh, even let it go behind for a corner better than, better than doing what he did. Um, but I, I, I think if he's not sure which foot he's going to kick it with, and he's not comfortable with the foot he's kicking with it, then literally just tap it off to the side um, for a, for a throw in and then give Zach Bella roasting and tell him it's all his fault. But, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, it, it is a, it is for me. It is a clanger. I know you're going to disagree with me, Ben, but I am going to disagree with you. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I make the case for the defence, the goalkeepers' union. Um, I don't think it's that bad of How a. How's a man who scored as many goals as you did class himself as a goalkeeper? I've got a, I've got a part-time admission to the goalkeepers' union. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think it's a clanger. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's that bad at all, personally. And I would like to make the case for the defence, please, Your Honour. Um, so I've, I've, I've obviously only watched the highlights. I've obviously only seen it in that sort of one angle. And I've seen it over and over again from that one angle. I've tried to put myself in Will Buse's gloves. And here's what I'm thinking he's trying to do. One thing I noticed in the game against Plymouth Parkway and others have noted so far is that we want the ball in play. We want the ball to always be taking attacking options. 
So I think he's drilled that into him. It's something I noticed against Plymouth Parkway, particularly with Lewis Williams. I don't think it's a Lewis Williams thing. I think it's just a, a, a thing we're trying to do. We're trying to keep the ball rotating at all times. You don't just want to launch it out and, and soak up unnecessary pressure. So he has made that move to the right. And I think the idea is Zach Bell passes it to his right foot. And then I've no idea who's on the right-hand side, but I imagine his idea is to pass a cross goal to Williams, to one or to whoever, and get it going on the other side. Obviously, then the back pass is not great. And if, if, if anything, I think the error is Zach Bell's, not Will Buse. And I think he is simply then having to make a minuscule split-second decision as to what to do. But because he's been trained in keeping the ball alive, in keeping that attack going and getting the keeping the possession so that we can get back up the other end, because that's where all our players are, because we've been there five seconds prior, he's trying to get the ball back to Bell. And he backs himself to use his left foot to put the ball back to Bell, be a bit cute, maybe a little bit of a dink, and he's just not quite got it right. It is a a series of unfortunate events beyond then, in so much as if you ran that simulation another 999 times and asked Will Buse to still clear it with his left foot and still do something with it with his left foot, Joe has then got so many variables to happen for that ball to go in. If he jumps a little bit higher or doesn't jump a little bit high enough, if it hits him on the hand, you get it called off for handball. If it gets hit a little bit harder, a little bit softer, if it comes off his leg at a slightly different angle, the ball doesn't trickle in. Run that simulation 999 times, the ball trickles into the net. You're not landing a plane on the Hudson, Ben. <laughs> listen listen to me. I'm not finished. Shut your face. Um, <laughs> if you ran that simulation 999 times, the ball trickles into the back of the net less than 10. Where I think can we get a national running simulation. I think <laughs> I think he's made a positive attacking choice to try and do something and it's not come off for him on this occasion. It's become a negative defensive outcome. Right, fine. Flip that around the other way. I watch the highlights no sooner than 10 seconds after that or before it. Reese Murphy has a swivel shot and he aims high. High risk, high reward. He's trying to get it above the defender who's sticking a foot out into the top corner. He's got the same risk-reward decision to make in a snap second in that position. He could go low, knowing full well he's got a great chance of being blocked and the ball just clearing away. Or it could just take a nick and go in off the, the guys. But he's made a high-risk, high-reward choice. That's exactly what Buse has done. The next time that happens, I don't want Buse kicking the ball out of play. I want us to keep that ball in our possession. So actually, I want him to double down on the positive action i want him to take a turn take a touch have a bit of bring the striker on and then just double drag back from the right huh <laughs> double drag back yes stop it Christ <laughs> turn the guy i don't care that's what i want him to do and i want him to be i want i really hope that the the, the goalie coach phil and lewis are having a really positive week with him because what we don't want to do is become negative in those situations to still be calm to still play attacking to still try and keep the possession to get the ball back towards the other end if we just knock that out of play, you're then soaking up pressure from an area where we were in the ascendancy. We might then concede from that throw-in. So we've got to the same point anyway. So for me, I think I think we back him. And I think I hope he's got I hope that he's got good people in there that's telling him to actually make positive decisions. And it's okay. That one's happened. That's the one in 1000 that goes in the back of the net. So what? So what? We should have been 3 0 up by then. And it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference. And I wouldn't and, have had And, and this long. is exactly it. I don't think we lost the game because um, of that mistake that Will Boos made. 
we lost mm-hmm. the game because of all the things that you're saying. So, so Reese Murphy is, or um, a- anybody else in an attacking sense, is just as much to blame for us yeah, not winning that game. Yeah. And so, where you talk about the risk reward, I mean, he's a goalkeeper. He knows that if he makes a mistake, it's probably going to cost a goal. Um, and strikers don't have that same position. But the reason we didn't win that game was just as much because Reese Murphy wasn't was off target, or yeah. Frank Newble didn't win enough headers or whatever as it was real so i'm not throwing him under the bus here but i i I don't see that there's any case for what happened wasn't a goalkeeping mistake wasn't i think without the bad without the bad back pass that mistake doesn't happen oh quite without without and all of this happens in less than a second all of these mental processes for a kid who's played 10 games of professional football in his life he's got to make these processes really really quickly and for me he's made the process that has been drilled into him of keep the ball active keep it in play let's get going at back up the other end and he's made a call he's backed himself on his left foot to dig the ball back to zach bell so we can go again and you know what this time it hasn't happened every other time the ball's going to come off joe and just trickle out for a goal kick or just loop up in the air and he takes an easy catch or come off joe and go out for a throw into us and we can get on with the game again so many hundreds of thousands of variables have had to go wrong in that situation that's ended up in a goal. I am absolutely not blaming Will Buse in any way, shape or form. He's done a positive move that has an unfortunate outcome. And I'm backing him. I'm absolutely backing him to continue making positive decisions in those high profile, hope, high pressure moments. And I hope that I don't get a DM from the goalie coach going, nah, he's just made a cock up there, mate, to be fair. Don't worry about it. But that's how I feel. I watched it and just went, that's not that bad. That's all he tried to do. He tried to be positive and that's fine. I'm happy with it. I don't think I, I don't think we're calling for a Tudor execution of Will Buse. Oh, topical. Like, nice. I think I, I think, say, I think I think one might have happened. So. <laughs> I think we're just <laughs> we just think it was a cock up. I'd have booted it into 56 Longlands. To be That's fair. right, and then we'd have been soaking up yeah. pressure. From the, we'd have been soaking up pressure from a throw-in from another. Yeah, but all their players happened. were at the back. All their players were all at the back. They weren't. We yeah, wouldn't but, have been but that's right. Up. So then the ball goes out of play, and then we're then inviting all their big guns up to come up from set pieces and have another we, go at us. I when think we actually, soaked up quite a bit of pressure at points anyway, and we were but, quite comfortable soaking up the pressure. But even more reason then to not invite more of it. Be attacking. Well, it's nil-nil. The game's to be won. Go and win it. Get the ball yeah. in play. Zach Bell knocks the ball long. You get the ball down to somebody. We've got three or four attacking players in because they haven't tracked back from that long hoik forward. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to. I've seen. I've seen some comments about Will Buse, and I don't like it. I'm backing him. Make positive decisions. Cruyff turn next week, please. Go full Rene Higita. Sod it. Bring the ball down. Take him on, Will. Take him on. Whip down the left wing yourself. Right. Anything from you, Dave? Oh, Rene Higita. <laughs> well, Google that one, kid. I, I haven't, I haven't seen anybody calling out Will Buse, and 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 I certainly don't think that um, Ben's going to find him now. <laughs> and uh, and I also don't think, in any shape, way, or form, that he shouldn't be in goal for against an Albans. None, none of that. But I do think it was a mistake, and I do think it's a mistake in the clanger category. Our views may never be aligned on that one, Ben, but that doesn't stop me thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And then we okay. never really did much after, did we? 
We tried. We brought on attacking options. There was a good cross in towards Frank Nubel that he headed over, but it was an awkward one. On the end of the highlights. The end of the highlights. The end of the highlights. The end, <laughs> the end of the highlights. The, the back end of the highlights. Like I was watching this cross come across. Um, so the, there's oh wait, wait, sorry, sorry. Before you go in, before you go into this, Ian, in your best Alan Hansen or Graham Souness, I can't figure out which one it is. You you, you did. Um, could you <laughs> just say, if in doubt, launch it. <laughs> if in doubt, launch it. There you go. For That's me, that. the cat's done nothing wrong. <laughs> That's my favourite one. I say the cat's done nothing wrong. Sorry, Ben, okay. you're making a good no, point about no, it's quite all right. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> no. we're, we're bringing some, some light-hearted humour. We asked for things to moan about. They've given us some stuff to moan about. Dave did. Dave, yeah. Dave I've, been, I've been accused by London Green Dave, who has asked for a question, and he hasn't given a question. All he's done is said it's my fault. It's not a question, Dave. Anyway. Okay, all right. Um, the ball's whipped in. Last highlight, I think it is, of the actual sort of um, package. And that's a really good chance. And Ollie Thomas doesn't want it. Mm. He just doesn't want it. He doesn't gamble on that ball getting through to him. And it is absolutely guilt edge. And if that is Hyde, we get out of it one or mm. Was that Not the cross worthy put it? Was ball. it yeah, worthy it put it in there. low? Yeah. 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 It was hard to see. It was hard to see from the angle how close. I, he, he just I doesn't want it. He doesn't Ollie move. Thomas was. He, he, he doesn't move, he doesn't react. Mm. And you just think if that's a seasoned pro, if that is, if that's Hyde, if that's Murphy even, I think we get out of it one all. And that's a little bit of inexperience possibly coming through there. Ugh, I saw that and I just thought that's guilt edge. The ball's whipped across seven yards out. He's got a little bit of a march on his man. He's just, he's got to find half a yard and just stick a boot out. It doesn't have to be pretty that one. It just get in the way. He just doesn't want it. He doesn't expect it. He doesn't feel like it's coming to him. He thinks it's going to the first man. It might be Nubel. But I've watched it a couple of times and just thought, oh, get on the end of that. That's that's the frustrating one for me. That's the frustrating one. I, I saw a little bit of that from Ollie Thomas at Plymouth. I wasn't massively impressed from Ollie Thomas. Just wanted him to be a bit more, I don't know. He's got everything, every physical attribute in the book, that fella. And I just feel like, go on then. <laughs> I don't know whether he's got a shackle on and he can't quite get the confidence to take the shackle off or something, but... I think it was a difficult game to come into. Yeah, almost were... certainly, especially at that point. And it had been quite disrupted with all the shenanigans going on behind the goal as well at that point. And I think it's an ask for a young player to come in yeah. and, you know, if, if he's not that type of poacher striker like maybe reese murphy is that would gamble on a thing like that i mean that was reese murphy's afternoon was hoping the linesman wasn't gonna flag him offside he was on the last man looking for something every time yeah um which you know thomas is a bit more of a come short and get the ball type player i think um yeah yeah difficult one difficult to take he he was i think he was supposed to be coming on just before they scored as well, wasn't he? Yeah. He was definitely about to come on at that point. But yeah, I mean, I think we 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 throwed we we throwed we threw every attacking player um, we had at that, and I think you could have had R nine, CR seven, 
HF10, you could have had them all up there, but it wasn't wasn't a bane. Oh well. I, um there'll be people thinking, who's HF10? HF10. They need to listen more, don't they? Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Fane. Um <laughs> you touched on it, Ian. I feel like we do need to mention it. It would be stupid of us not to. There was a spot of bother. Um we kind of I feel like there was this underlying fear that there might be a spot of bother. Lots of people in a confined environment with considerable amounts of alcohol. There was some bother. What from the press box kind of I heard I heard Sheridan describe it as a delay. And then I could kind of hear a couple of people in the background saying the keepers had stuff thrown at it. From what you from where you were in your little vantage point, what what could you see happening? Uh, I I couldn't. I saw a few things. I saw like empty cups and stuff, sort of being hurled. I think then the referee came over and spoke to um, the manager of Hemel and just said they're throwing stuff at the keeper from behind the goal. Went over to Mark Cooper and had a chat with him. And I mean, the one thing I saw was them shaking the pole behind. That, that keeps the net up, sort of shaking that. But there, I, I was too far away to see exactly what was being thrown and what was happening, but there was a definite kerfuffle um, by the hoarding and, you know, yeah. the stewards will have to step in and keep people away. But, yeah, it was just, just a bit annoying. Dave, and- Dave, why were you throwing cups and, and shaking the ball, mate? <laughs> well... Uh, I, I didn't have any uh, any cups of my own during the uh, during the game, filled with any kind of uh, any kind of liquid. But a supporter who shall remain nameless came up to me before the game with a beer in his hand or cider, I think it might have been, and he and he looked in and he went, "This isn't a good idea, is it?" <laughs> and I have to say, I, I did think um, that there wasn't going to be beer sold on mm. the in the in the way. And when as soon as it was segregated, and when I saw it, I did think. Yeah, that might be. There, there, there might be a couple of people that get a bit silly with it. Um, and what I'd say is the vast majority of those 800 people I saw drinking beer, I think it was a very small minority of people that um, would have thrown anything or shook anything. So it, it, it's unfair to tarnish everybody with the same brush. Um, but ultimately, that is exactly what will happen. And I would be surprised if... Anybody serves beer, the Oval fans on an away end. Um, again, if I don't know, son of Kettle was scribbling something down in his notebook, so I've I've no doubt that that will be in a report somewhere. Um, mm. In terms of what was thrown, I think I saw a vape um, thrown. I, I wasn't there to see whether it was a sour apple or yeah, a watermelon twist <laughs> or whatever it was. I didn't get that close to it. Um, but yeah, there was there was clearly something. There was there was some kind of liquid being thrown as well, and it was it was all a bit stupid. But I'm not saying that that excuses anybody being stupid, but it did kind of feel a little bit inevitable. You know, we know, that sigh is that sigh, isn't it? Here's here's what will happen. When we got to this level, people were excited about the fact that they could drink on the pitch side. People were excited about the fact that they could be behind one goal and then at halftime, the entire crowd does 180 and cheer at the other end. All of that's going to be wiped because of a couple of idiots who 
just cannot handle themselves and be responsible adult human beings. Because clubs of that size that are based on volunteers and stewards probably aren't trained as high as they could be. They're probably not brought in from G4S and are a proper recruitment firm that do all that kind of stuff. So they'll have a choice to make. We can spend X amount of money on getting in an outside company to come and steward, or we can restrict. So the alcohol will go. It'll be a restricted ticket number. We can only really look after 500 of you. So that's all we're going to let you have. Um, you're going to be in this area. You're not going to be able to drink alcohol. All those things that actually people were looking forward to at that level have been wiped because two people couldn't handle their beer. And that is incredibly selfish. And unfortunately, it's something that this club has got a bit of a reputation for. That's, there's, there's no getting around it. We do. And for me, if that's you or your mate has rung you up on a Sunday morning thinking, what did I do yesterday? Tell them what they did yesterday. Call them out for it and call them the prick that they are. I mean it because it, it ruins it for so many people. Think of how many fans want this to be the first year that they take their families to away games but feel like they can't because of two idiots. Two idiots in a crowd of 800. Right. 790 people embracing amazing atmospheres, supporting the team, getting behind this new era of Yeovil Town Football Club and two idiots are the reason that you're not going to take your family to an away game. It's got to be about other people. It's got to be about respecting these clubs that we go to that are defined by their community values, that are defined by the volunteers that make this entire process tick. They've got two choices. Spend a fortune of money they haven't got or simply restrict Yeovil fans from having a day out that they want to have. That'll be at Hemel. That'll be at Avery. That'll be at Bath. That'll be at Weston. That'll be absolutely everywhere that isn't Torquay United. So Yeovil fans, you've got a choice. You've got an absolute choice. Behave yourselves, sort your lives out, respect the people that you're going to, or you can just stuff it all season and ruin it for everyone else. I don't really care which one you choose. I'm not going to be there. But I know hundreds of people that do care which ones you choose. And it's now down to you. Go back to drinking your little KSI prime bottles instead of your beers for the first time ever and sort your behavior out because it stinks and you're ruining it for 99% of people. And I tell you what, it'll all be better for everybody if you never bother turning up again. Honestly, don't bother. Sorry, I, it, it annoyed me yesterday hearing that because I feared it was going to happen. I'd had at least one message saying, can you make sure you say on the Glover's cast for everyone to behave because we're worried. I'm taking my family and I'm worried. How's that right? Because of two, three idiots who can't handle their beer on the first away day. And I know it makes me sound like a granddad, and I know it makes me sound like a boring old fart, but I hate the flares. I hate the blooming idiots that do that. And when you go into places that can't facilitate those types of things, they can only go one way, and that is to restrict. Good well, luck getting your ticket to those poxy little grounds now, you douchebags. Well, we've had a message today from someone who says they don't go to away games anymore because of these kinds of things there you go and that's one person i bet there's more i'd rather have them their family and the dozens of other people that feel like that than the two idiots who can't hold can't hold their beer yeah i mean i've seen uh, that th th there were definitely 
several people that I saw there who, who, who could not hold their beer more than yeah. more than two certainly well, um, okay then let's call it a percentage two percent yeah yeah but yeah okay um but um but also I've been to games where there are people who are obviously drunk and obviously very merry and having a good time and and all the rest of it and they don't throw anything or jump up and down they, they'll just yeah. be an idiot and just jump up and down and and more often not make everybody laugh but they but they're, they're not bad they're not not like angry drunks and or or violent drunks or aggressive drunks they're just like <laughs> stupid drunk or, or very drunks um so i i think it's quite possible um that people can do it and as i say uh, from everybody i saw there uh, from where I was stood at the risk of get, all getting a bit arse and anger with it, I, I there's no way I'd have been able to see who did what. Um, yeah. I saw Son of Kettle run off and sit, talk to the referees as well, uh, to the um, managers as well. But I didn't um, I didn't really know what was going on beyond a couple of things being thrown. But yeah, it, it, I'd be amazed if it was more than a, a slack handful. Anyway, but... And yeah. we might get charged as a club now. Crowd control. The other thing, and that'll come with a fine. Hemel, Hemel might get might get something against him as well for yeah not controlling, which I think would be massively unfair on them. Um, although, yeah, the stewards that were near me weren't up to a great. Oh, but that's that's the I point. remember At this level. They're not going to be. No, they're I not re- going to be. You have to go with that certain level of knowledge and respect in the first place. You have I, to. That's re- the When we went to. Exeter a few years ago, I remember our stewards being there mm. and stewarding the away end because they knew who was who and they were um I don't know, everyone knew who they were, so it was kind of that sort of familiarity rather than randos from a company coming in and not really, you know, because there is that thing of some, you know, stewards being heavy-handed or not being particularly, you know, there's just there for 20 quid and not really giving a damn. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something in getting a mini bus of the regulars who do it at home to mm. come up and just manage that. I don't know, but it's, yeah, it was a shame. It left a sour taste for sure on top of a disappointing result football-wise. But we're home for the next four, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what an opportunity! What an opportunity! You lose a game like that, if you've been, if you've been hounded and poop housed by a team like Hemel on the opening day of the season, and your confidence is rocked, and there's that slight tinge of "Oh God, here we go again." What you'd ask for is four home games on the spin to try and put it right. You really, really would. I mean, they're not easy home games. St Albans, I don't think it'll be easy, um, but that familiarity. Chances are again, good numbers probably gonna be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, you 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 want that, you want that, and they'll uh, they'll have to harness that this week, big time. We'll get to that on Thursday, I think. But mm-hmm. shall we take some GCQs? Unless there's anything else, anything else to add? Nothing else to add. Nothing else to add from me. Anything on Facebook, Dave? There was a few on Facebook. Yeah, do you want me to? I'm on, I'm on Twitter, but if you're on Facebook and you want to go first, okay. Um, right, Spolder Somerset. Oh yeah, 
this one. Uh, what do you think of the game plan was the midfield seemed to be bypassed? What do you think the game plan was? Get it wide. That's what we did during preseason, wasn't it? Yeah. Get those wingbacks up. That that was what we didn't do. I think. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, didn't true. seem to be the game plan. Yeah. But. Well, I th- yeah, I think we did get the wing backs involved, but I just don't think we had enough through the middle either. Mm. Um, yeah, it was that. You know, I don't. I'm not going to start marrying about wing backs again. Uh, but if it doesn't work, you get you lose one nil. <laughs> if you can't find a way to make it work to break down teams, then it's hard. Ray Des Smith does say uh, kind of does a clevo and answers his own question here but he says do we know how to pass the ball on the ground pre-season we did this game we resorted to last season disastrous tactics of lumping the ball long from the back and subsequently losing possession how much was that was the pitch though if you can't trust a a wavy pitch on a surface you're not happy with you know how the ball's going to move in the air yeah I mean Hemel moved it on the floor didn't they because they train on it. Well, yeah. They're ready yeah. for it. They, they know we've exactly got, where it is. We've got good players. We've got good players who should be able Absolutely. to move it around on the floor. And there's no excuses, remember? There shouldn't be any excuses. Uh, and I think on no. paper, our team and the players that we've got should be able to pass the ball around on, on the floor on this pitch. But if you make a plan, if, yeah. if Mark Cooper goes to the game on Tuesday and goes, this pitch is horrendous for a 3G. It's wavy, it's bobbly. I'm not, I'm not entertaining the idea. We're going to have to do it differently. That's the plan. That's the plan. Um, on the subject of the pitch, Chris Fletcher asks, uh, evening. Um, evening. Evening. When's our next game on an artificial pitch? The answer, I think, is Haven and Waterlooville on uh, August bank holiday. Um, and how many more before the new year? Well, I know we've got... Word- so our away games are Haven and Waterlooville, Western Supermare, which is an artificial pitch. Hampton and Richmond, which is an artificial pitch. Norwich Bath City. Worthing, I'm pretty sure, is. Dartford, I don't think, is an artificial pitch. Um, and then, oh, now I've lost my thing. Um, Dartford. Chippenham's not. Welling's not. That takes us through to the end of uh, November. So maybe two. Uh, Eastbourne, or we don't know. Eastbourne might be so two, two, maybe three. I would say um, on on artificial pitches. But uh, Chris says the pitch does make a massive difference to the game. But we've got to learn to deal with it uh, like it is. But to get to get one first up felt like a banana skin as in the first game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harry G says, is this the most embarrassing loss in our history? No, not even close. (laughs) Hello, Needham Market. Yeah, there's been been a few down the years. Hello, Luton 8, Yeovil Town 2. (laughs) They've gone on to do all right for themselves. I'll let them. Mike, uh, again, I think we asked this one in Ben's monologue. Uh, Michael Stoney Stone, can... Fans drinking on the terrace. Simple question. Can they be trusted? I think the answer is a lot of them can, but some of them can't. In the same um, way that if you go out to a nightclub, yeah, a lot lots of people, people can be trusted and some people can't. Very true. Um, I, I felt the need to go Graham Sooner then, but I couldn't think what to say. 
Is that what that I was? wouldn't have done it as well as you anyway. That's everything from Facebook. Thank you. Okay. Uh, you've already mentioned London Green Dave's comment about you wanting something to moan about. You've both had something to moan about tonight. That's good. Uh, Martin Sorry. Lucas uh, says, is it time for Josh Staunton to finally get a Wikipedia page? A job for the new media team, maybe. I feel like we've had this question before and there was a reason why he can't. And maybe Sam Collard told us that reason and I can't remember it off the top of my head. No idea. But maybe Josh Staunton is not a high-profile enough figure in the world. I th- isn't it, can, can you not just make a um, Wikipedia page? We should make a Wikipedia page. Yeah. We could have a, like a section on quiz champions. and. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can't just make one, though, can't you? I, I don't know. Probably. I don't think there's any rules that say you're not allowed to. I mean, I say that with zero knowledge of the subject. But <laughs> uh, James I, Drew, I come on here every week talk with zero knowledge of the subject, so <laughs> don't know why that should change anything. Anyway, James, James Drew. James Drew says, "What's your ideal food to see at a football ground?" Do you know what? And it may just be because my friend has just sent me a picture of what I can only describe as an epic Chinese buffet. What, what about Chinese food at a, at a um, football ground? I could see there's like this little tray of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to show it to you. This isn't going to work for, oh, and you can't even see it on there, but there's you just a the food. Box. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it looks amazing. Chinese. That's what I want. I want this like um, salt and pepper stuff on there. There's uh, chip. There's, there's. Um, uh, yeah, that famous Chinese one, delicacy. One ton chips, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is one tons. There's uh, prawn toast. There's yeah, I want that. That okay. All right. <laughs> there you go. That thing that nobody can see other than I mean, you. Did you that. see Ollie Marsh's hot dog on the Instagram? I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, sorry. The real. <laughs> yeah, the the Instagram reel, including a hot dog. Yeah, that was yeah. good hot dog. That that looked good. Uh, I just I, I like a burger. I'm, I'm just gonna a good that. burger. Yeah, yeah. Crap burgers ruin a day. Yeah. Um, I don't think I like that cottage pie at Shrewsbury. Can I have the cottage pie, please? Mm. Yeah. More gravy dinners at football, please. There we go. I'll have a full roast if someone's making. <laughs> <laughs> uh, green and white goals, Chris Angelo. This one's up your street, Ben. Yes. Let's talk about the only important issue. Yes. How does the team feel about Reese Murphy being number 39? Could we field the players in numbered 1 to 12 in a reasonable formation? <laughs> so, Do not care. Um, 39 just fits in the rule that when I take over football, 39 is the highest number you are allowed to have. I'm not happy with the fact that he has 39 because there are better options, but I believe it's a personal choice. So, you know, whatever. As for whether or not you can get a good uh, 11 out of the 1 to 12, we don't have a number 12. And obviously we don't have a number four. The next number beyond 11 that we do have is 15. So it works as Busing goal, flat back four, Williams at right back, Whittle at left back, Sendles white, Wannell, Worthington and Hours 15, holding all the Jordans in a line, Young, Madriah, Drew, Stevens, Jake Hyde up front. That would be one, two, 11 without the four, with the 15. That's as close as you can get. Uh, that was so many numbers. I feel like I've been listening to. But Chris will oh, appreciate that. Carol Vorderman. I put in effort. 
Because I feel, feel like I'm talking to like that Martin Lewis money saving expert. You take it out of an ice, you put it into a saver, you get the cash back from wherever. <laughs> and Josh Hours is centre midfield. <laughs> All the Jordans <laughs> transfer it back into the ice, huh? and boom, you've got vouchers. Uh, okay. Uh, and another one from Chris Angelo. Can we have a podcast rule that we don't use the expression it'll be like their cup final about league opposition? We're here on merit and it's patronising, arguably lack of merit. When we were in <laughs> League 2, some Mansfield fans generally said it must be like your cup final playing us. Mansfield. <laughs> Mansfield. <laughs> yeah, trust yeah. me, there's, 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 there's probably very few cup finals being played at Mansfield, I would have thought <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. like the, the 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 cup final thing. I think teams will be up for playing us, and if anything, off the back of the carnage on Saturday, people will be even more up for winding up yeah. supporters and getting something. But yeah, I don't, I don't. We will be a scalp, but not you know, not in not in league games because we'll play them again in a. I don't think we've used the phrase cup final, have we? No, I don't think we have, but I think oh. it's uh he's warning us to uh, not do you? it more than any. Yeah. <laughs> uh twentieth of January we play Hamel Hempstead at home. There we go. That is a that's a biggie. That's nearly a cup for oh no wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh Debs Curtis, have we played against any previous reality stars before yesterday's game? Hemel's number two, that's Montel McKenzie, had only recently returned from the Love Island Villa. Do we know I... any? This feels like a, a, a Ben knowledge thing. How really. does this feel like a Ben thing? Because <laughs> you've got all the literature. Ben... Yeah. Ben, the literature. Ben, ben literature? doesn't even know what Love Island is. No, the books. You've got yeah. the books. What books? You care about numbers. Surely you know if someone's been in, a, Love Island. in a boy band. There was someone. There was someone that I seem to remember playing for Halifax, who'd equally been Love Island, but I I can't remember whether he'd gone or arrived. But I remember the time we played Halifax, there was something about some Love Island. He was. He was. Um. He. You're right. I do know. Um. <laughs> I was going to say he's coming in with a bit of knowledge here. <laughs> He signed up for Love Island without the permission of Halifax, so he was right. sacked from his contract. Right, so he didn't play against us. So he didn't play against us. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, I mean, Scott Pollock played for us, and he was on a football reality show, right? Oh, yeah. Of course he was. Yeah. There you go. There you are. Terry Skiverton was on Dream Team. Yeah, that <laughs> really reality was, show? wasn't he? <laughs> Are you saying Harchester United weren't real? <laughs> Don't ruin my childhood. Sorry, mate. Not all of us had Sky. Don't, don't tell him about the Easter Bunny. You, know. <laughs> you leave Flopsy out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Lost any teeth recently, Ben. <laughs> uh, Callum Hallett, evening. 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 After the near disgrace of how <gasps> poor our set pieces were on Saturday. Would you like to see us try and create a few more routines like short corners or clever runs across the front post, etc., or keep hitting them in and try to get get our height on the end of it? Ours is quite short. There's no our height to worry about. Hey. Um, 
I hate short corners with a passion. Hate them. Why? I hate them. So no short corners. You want to try fancy little free kicks with all the things? Crack on. But I hate short corners. Yeah. I would say the more the merrier as far as um, set-piece routines are concerned. We have creative minds. I like to think we have some creative ability within that group. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Maguire-Drew's deliveries against Newport were like phenomenal Hmm. in all the right places. But yeah, I thought Charlie Cooper had a couple of wayward ones at the weekend. They were out there. Yeah. There was um, a couple of people, um, including Nick, who stood next to me throughout the game. (laughs) Who, who on at least three corners said, well, that was a fucking waste, wasn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, and and it was on every time he said it. Uh, one from Clevo here. Why do our fan base get so angry? The meltdown after one game was ridiculous. I get people are frustrated and disappointed, but some patience is needed. Ten games is the benchmark. Thoughts on those mindless idiots who chuck things onto the pitch. Wow. We've given your thoughts already on that one, Clevo. But he's gone in with ten games. When, what, what does ten games take us up to? What 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 date? Oh, uh, is yeah, is, Clevo, is is Clevo is Clevo the earliest ever invokee of the Green Day clause? <laughs> uh, wait a second. One, two, seven, twelve, nine, twelve. Uh, about eight, to the end seven. of September. Hampton and Richmond Borough away, oh, I think. The Seb White one. Derby. Seb White Derby at the Beavery Stadium. El Seb White Co. Formerly known as the Chris Wheat Stadium, wasn't it? I think so. That ticks seven, eight, nine. Yeah, counting. Yeah, I'm just uh, checking I can count to ten properly. Yeah, yes, sure. yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, end of September. There you so, go. So so what's uh, what's happening after ten games? Uh, the Green Day clause. Uh, <laughs> the benchmark. Okay. <laughs> Whatever right. the benchmark is, according to Clevo. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. I, why, I mean, why I, do fans I, get so angry? Because we've had a decade of. Yeah, because we've been oh, rubbish sh- for a long time and it's annoying. <laughs> it's boring now. Yeah, and we've been boring. quite good. Preseason was good. That's why people are angry. Yeah. But, right. but Hemel had a good preseason as well. Yeah. We, Everyone had a good preseason. I think we had a lovely time. We keep forgetting <laughs> there's another team that was on the pitch. Um, uh, and last one from Hewish Hugh. Now the league title race is well and truly over. Should we be focusing on cup runs in the FA Cup, FA Trophy, and Somerset Men's Premier Cup? Quadruples on, lads. Absolutely. Win them all. Win them, Win all. them all. Quadruples on. Yeah. I mean, That's SNPC it. is obviously the most important one. Yeah, bring on, bring on the Kingsham. Yeah. Go into that one, Dave. Can't wait, can he? Yeah. He cannot wait. I've, I've already got my uh, my trains booked for that one. Copy days. Right. Talk to you in the week. Sayonara. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott.